Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let that money talk. Michael Thomas did. The Saints did. Should know him by now. $100 million extension over five years. $20 million a year from Michael Thomas. Here's a text from the 336. Thomas stays healthy. Julio does not. Injury prone in college and NFL. By the way, first three years were nowhere on the charts next to the numbers Thomas put up. Thomas holds many NFL records the first three years. That indeed he does, and that is why he got paid like he did. Here's a text from the 504 that uh, is an angry text. I always like the angry text this time. You're off work. At least most of us are off work. Supposed to be having a little more fun. Supposed to be relaxed at night. I don't know about this 228. Uh, or, uh, excuse me, the 504. You don't know what you're talking about. He's not being overpaid. Look at the market and look at his numbers. When once did I say he was getting overpaid? That's you not listening to what I'm saying. I'm just being honest here. I have not said throughout this whole process that he was overpaid or that he didn't deserve the money that he gets. In fact, go listen to the archives of the show, radio.com app, Apple Podcasts. WWL.com on demand section. Every single show I have said, Michael Thomas deserves to get as much money as he can. He deserves to be the highest paid receiver in the National Football League because that's his market value, period. However, on the opposite side of the coin, I am just being realistic about the salary capped nature of the NFL. This is not a free market. This is not a capitalist system. That salary cap means you've got to be brutally honest with yourself as a franchise about the people that you pay and how that's going to affect guys down the road. And it's just a fact. It is a, it is a gosh darn fact that in the last 25 years of the salary capped NFL, not one, not one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL during their year has won a Super Bowl. Not one of them. And only one of the highest paid receivers during that season in the NFL has even made a Super Bowl, and that was Julio Jones a couple of seasons ago. I don't want to rehash everything I talk about every night, but I'm sorry. It is, it's, and maybe this will change. Landscapes change in the NFL. But this millennium, Teams that overpay at the wide receiver and the running back spot, they are not winning championships, and they're not consistently competing for championships. So we'll see what happens with New Orleans. I just said I think they were in kind of a lose-lose. I don't know how, if you're Mickey Loomis, you don't pay that guy because that sets a bad precedent to the guys in your locker room. I am just telling you that the cold, hard facts about what we see in the NFL. You may not want to hear it. 504, you may not want to hear it. You may want to plug your ears and close your eyes and bury your head in the sand to it. But if you think the only reason that New England is winning all those Super Bowls is because they have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, if you think that's it, if you think, well, they got those two guys, they can do whatever they want because they're too good. 
you're missing about 75% of that pie. And that's how they have been brutally efficient, to use that word again, with the salary cap. I am not somebody that sits on the radio and hates all the other franchises that I see out there having success. I just don't. It's kind of like me and my job here on the radio. You know what I do when I'm in my car, when I'm at home a lot? I'm listening to other radio shows. I'm listening to other local guys here in the market. I'm listening to some national talking heads. When I hear somebody that does the job better than I do or is doing things in a show that's better than what I do, I'm not hating. I'm not going, well, that would never work on my show. These guys don't know what they're doing. No. I'm learning and taking in information and trying to make myself and the show better. The smart football teams aren't looking at New England or Baltimore or Seattle or Green Bay for a time and saying, oh, man, I could never do that here. No, you're, you're looking at New England and you're going, yeah, you know, they might be doing some things right over there. What can I learn? It's tough. It's tough. I, I, again, I know why they did this. They, they telegraphed this for months. As soon as Sean Payton in that press conference said unprompted, Michael Thomas is going to be the next guy. And then Mickey Loomis on Sirius XM Radio a couple of weeks later said, yeah, my, we're working on Michael Thomas. This will get done sooner rather than later, paraphrasing him there. We knew this was going to happen, and we knew the number. I mean, we all did. We said, it's going to be $20 million. <laughs> and, and finally, here we are on July 31st, Wednesday, and it's $20 million a year, and they paid the guy because, boy, they, they almost had no other choice. I guess they did have another choice. I'm not trying to speak out both sides of my mouth, but I, I'm just realistic to what Mickey Loomis was going through there. I do not envy him at all. You know, I guess if I was getting paid that much, I might make that decision and be okay with whatever decision I made. But it was a tough one, a real tough one. Let's bring on in Mike Triplett to talk about this, ESPN's NFL Nation reporter covering the Saints and and Mike, uh, how you doing tonight? And I know that we, we've talked about this, and you're somebody who has been squarely, pay this guy. He's too good. Pay this guy. And, Mike, he finally got paid. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I actually am getting in on this uh, debate. It sounds like you might have a, a different opinion. I don't think it's an obvious choice to pay a wide receiver 19 or $20 million a year. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the best way to build a team. Um, and, you know, kudos to the Saints a couple of years ago when they were like, you know what, we can trade away Brandon Cooks because we've got a deep where we, you know, have options uh, um, and we want to build the offensive line and the defense instead with this first-round pick and, you know, not spend $16 million on a receiver. Same thing they decided with Jimmy Graham a few years ago. The way this team is currently constructed, though, they had to keep Michael Thomas. He's a special player who deserves this money if you know he's one of the top three or four receivers in the league so and this is what receivers are making now so he deserves this money and the Saints unfortunately are a team that needs a number one receiver and particularly one like him the way they run their offense with short and intermediate passes uh there was just no choice but I am a little bit in the department with the running back position where I sometimes think that's one position I would probably never pay but part of that is because of injuries and longevity 
But the other positions, I think, are more case-by-case basis, where it's like how special is the player? And you kind of look at it like you look at a draft. Let's say the Saints had the fifth pick in the draft. In this particular case, if they used the fifth pick in the draft on Michael Thomas, you'd understand it. It's a, it's a big need, and it's a special player. And so I don't have a problem in this case that this is what Michael Thomas is getting paid because I think he's really earned it. And I think it's, you know, the Saints would – would be in dire straits without him. Right oh boy, now. at that position, there's no doubt about it. And, and I guess it goes to what Michael Thomas has done during the first three years of his career, setting uh, all these records for the most receptions in the first three years of any NFL receiver. And I guess if this is a merit-based system, then if you're not paying Michael Thomas this money, I guess you're you're never paying anybody this kind of money, right? If that's if it's really merit-based in the NFL, which everybody tells us it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a little of both. I mean, sometimes it's cold and calculating. I mean, uh, uh, as you said, the Patriots are a team that will sometimes show the door to certain people. But it, it's, you know, I mean, look, Mark Ingram, there's nothing more Mark Ingram could have done for the Saints. He was the perfect locker room guy. He was, uh, um, you know, he, he was a runner, a receiver, a pass protector, um, durable, you know, a lot of good things that Mark Ingram did. But us number two running back is not worth five million dollars to the Saints, and so they let him go. You know, even though he checked every box for them, so it's merit based. But it's not like you know, you don't just get paid because they like you. They also have to need you. One of the hesitations that a lot of fans have told me throughout this process was, you know, a little Albert Hainsworth itis or Levin Bell itis, where these guys get paid and then they, you know, just take that money to the bank and uh, maybe they're a little lackadaisical. I, I want to play again what Deuce McAllister said earlier today on Sports Talk. Uh, Mike, you agree with that there? Not anything to worry about from that perspective with Thomas? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, he is driven as much to be the best receiver in the league as he is driven to be the highest paid receiver in the league. Uh, I, I think some of that's overblown in the first place, uh, the idea that once a guy gets paid, he stops trying. Um, I think they're motivated by being ranked number five on the NFL Network top 100 list. I think they're motivated by guys going on the NFL Network and saying they're the – or ESPN and saying they're the number one receiver in the league. I think they're motivated by going to the Hall of Fame. I think they're motivated by breaking every record. Uh, so I don't think he gets paid and he's done. And he is a particular individual – that is very fueled by all of that stuff, as we can tell from being around. I'm talking to Mike Triplett, ESPN NFL Nation reporter, covering the Saints. He's on Twitter. You've got to follow him if you're not. Don't know what you're doing, at Mike Triplett. Uh, that position now, Mike, is it solidified enough where it takes most of the concern away, considering what we're seeing at camp from guys like Emmanuel Butler and and even Traquan Smith looks you know, much better, a little more developed into his second year? There's still concern there for you. Um, no, there's got to still be a concern there. I think it was the biggest problem this team had at the end of last season. And we had Michael Thomas playing better than he'll probably ever play again in his career. I mean, production-wise, I, I don't know that he'll ever hit 125 yards and 1400, or you know, 125 receptions and 1405 receiving yards again. And they still did not have enough in the passing game last year. So he's not the question mark. It's the depth at the position. The, the guy who alleviates the concerns most for me is Jared Cook. I liked the signing at the time, and I've liked it even better every time I've seen him on the practice field. Now, I know his, his career has been based around high expectations, and he hasn't always lived up to them, and usually hasn't. But uh, he, uh, he did in Oakland when he played in a similar offense under John Gruden, very similar to Sean Payton's offense. He just went to the Pro Bowl last year. And he really looks like he's going to fit again, just like I was saying with Michael Thomas. 
this passing offense that relies on short and intermediate throws and mismatches. He really seems like a good fit. So that alleviates some concern. If your top three are Thomas, Kamara, Cook, and, and a healthy Ted Ginn Jr. fourth stretch in the field deep, then it seems a lot better. And all the guys we're talking about, whether it's Keith Kirkwood or Traquan Smith or maybe an Emmanuel Butler or whoever else makes the team, they don't have to step in and play major roles. They can play complementary roles. Mike, uh, can I throw a question way out of right field at you here before we close it yeah. out? Uh, this yeah. return battle that I asked Sean Payton about seems pretty um, pretty unset right now. Do you believe that we're going to see Alvin Kamara back there? Do you think it's Cyril Grayson Jr.? Uh, who do you think actually wins these jobs? I think ideally neither one of those guys does does anything in the return game this year. Well, not ideally. I mean, it'd be great if Cyril Grayson could. I don't think he's a top contender for it, though. Uh, I, hopefully, Marcus Sherrill's is as good as he's been, you know, for the past decade as a punt returner. And if so, he'd be the best punt returner they've had since Darren Sproles. And then if Deontay Harris can compete for the job, maybe maybe he could be a wild card there too. Um, you know, last year it was Taysom Hill returning kickoffs, and he wasn't that bad in the role. And kickoff returns are not their biggest weakness. I think punt return is the one area where they could really use an upgrade. And Cheryl's is, 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 you know, he's the guy that's supposed to come in and do it, uh, although some of these young upstarts will get a chance to unseat him. But uh, I completely agree with you. That is an area where they could absolutely upgrade, and, and hopefully he's it. Yeah, Cheryl's uh, 12 yards per return last year, uh, punt returns. That's very healthy. Haven't had a touchdown since 2016. You know Sean Payton pretty well. Does, does he value the consistency and ball security over the big play potential that Cheryl's may lack? I think I, I think that it's a both, you know. Um, but consistency and, and an average usually means that you've got some long ones in there too. I mean, we're all thinking of Reggie Bush when you talk about a guy who it's either a home run or losing yardage because you're going sideways. That's not how they approach the return game. But uh, yeah, a little bit of both is good. And Cheryl's history has both, but you do wonder if they're getting him where he's still at the peak of his career. Yeah, 32 years old, Marcus Sherrill's now. The nine seasons prior to this one, all with Minnesota. He's Mike Triplett. Find his work today covering the Michael Thomas new contract and all training camp online, ESPN.com. NFL Nation reporter there covering the Saints. Mike, always appreciate it, man. We'll see you at camp. Have a good one, Seth. All right, at Mike Triplett on Twitter. We're going to take a break. Back with your phone calls after this. Line them up. What do you think about this Thomas contract? Anything Saints you want to sound off on? 504 260 that's area code 504-260-1870, text line 870-870. The last lap continues on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.